You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I am your host, Al. With me, as always, the lovely Desiree. That's me. How are you doing tonight, Desi? Outside of sinuses, I'm doing really good. Yeah, I've been kind of a sickly host for the last few days. It's this weather, I'm telling you. Yeah, maybe. As soon as the temperature drops, Ava starts coughing, and then we know it's over. And next thing you know, I have eye pressure. And I know it's allergies, and Ian has been getting allergies for the last year, and he even picked up something, too. So we've been on Claritin, and now we're on our road to recovery. Yes, yes. So, But we are feeling well enough to record for another week, so... Hopefully I don't lose my voice. Started going yesterday. Hmm, Maybe, everybody, maybe we'll get lucky. What? might lose her voice. (laughs) It'll never happen. I think you are starting it off this week. I am, and I'm going to do it a little different today. You're going to do it different. I'm not going to say the title of it. I just want to start with the story. I like doing that. You do that? A lot of times, yeah, to kind of like hide what I'm talking about. I guess I've just never paid attention. (laughs) Nothing new there. Nothing new. I thought I did this to bring cool stories that you'd be interested in. Turns out, nope. (laughs) No, but I know you'll be interested in this one because this is like right up your alley. Okay. So if not adult Alan, child Alan. Okay. Okay. So, see here. On the afternoon of March 21st of 2011, a heavy equipment operator named Sean Funk was carving his way through the earth unaware that he would soon... I'm leaving out that little section. Okay. Okay. So, that Monday had started out like any other millennium mine... A vast pit of 70 miles north of Fort McGurry, Alberta. So it's in Canada. Canada, okay. Okay, and it was operated by energy company Suncor. So hour after hour, Funk's touring excavator gobbled its way down to the sands laced with bitumen. I'm saying that wrong. I know know the word, but I don't, I can't. Bitumen. So... The trans... Why are they using all these big words? (laughs) (laughs) Just to stump you. The transmorgified remains of marine plants and creatures that lived and died for more than... This is going to give it away. 110 million years ago, it was the only ancient life that regularly saw... Stop (laughs) laughing at me. No, I have to tell you what was going through my head. Like, when... As you're reading, I'm like, okay, something's happened to this lady named Marie Plants. What's going on? Marine. Then I realized you said marine plants, and I'm like, oh. I'm sorry, you guys. It's the it's allergies. <laughs> I thought maybe fault. it was the way I was talking. I was just thrown off a little bit, and I thought we were digging up a dead body of somebody named Marie. Marie Plants. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. So in 12 years of digging, he had stumbled across fossilized wood And, ooh, that reminds me of the Oak Island. Anyways, (laughs) and occasional petrified tree stump, and never the remains, but never the remains of an animal, and certainly no blank. (laughs) But around 1.30, Funk bucket bucket clipped something much harder than the surrounding rock. Oddly colored lumps tumbled out of the till, um, sliding down onto the bank below. 
Within miles, Funk and his supervisor, Mike Groton, began puzzling over the walnut brown colors. Were they strips of fossilized wood? Were they ribs? And then they turned over one of the lumps and revealed a bizarre pattern. Now, or row after row, and sandy brown dislikes each rigged and gunmetaled gray stone. Okay. So the title of this, I got this from the National Geographics, is The Amazing Dinosaur Found Accidentally by Miners in Canada. So cool. they found a mummy dinosaur. A mummified dinosaur. So everything's there. You don't even see the bone because the skin, really? the armored shell, this was discovered. That's in, really cool. Mm-hmm. In 2011, it was discovered, and it took them six years to dig it up. So it just was unveiled 2017. I know some people on some forums on the internet that need to see this story. This hasn't hit? I'm sure sure it has, but it hasn't hit the forums of the people who argue that dinosaurs weren't real and scientists just put the bones together. (laughs) So this would blow their minds, the whole dinosaur. Mine blown. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways... So I also pulled off of all things interesting. Um, So you can't even see the bones. It's the best preserved dinosaur specimen ever unearthed, intact skin and armor. I have to look this up. I thought you, I saw it and I'm like, ooh, he's going to love this. Yes. So with the creature skin, armor, and even some of its guts intact. So when they say some of the guts intact and it's mummified, do you think that dinosaurs were like the Egyptians where they mummified them and took out the organs and put them in little... I don't think so. I know. I was just (laughs) kidding. (laughs) Not that stupid. (laughs) So we don't just have a skeleton. Caleb Brown, a researcher at the Royal... I'm going to say this wrong. Terrell... Museum told National Geographic, we have a dinosaur as it would have been. So apparently when this dinosaur, it's the, what's the name of it again? The Nodosaur. Nodosaur? The Nodosaur. So when this was alive, it was usually around 3,000 pounds. This mummified one that was intact, granite, didn't have all its guts there. Mm-hmm. Um, it weighed about 2,500 pounds. Interesting. So it was... I still got to read up on this and take a look at this. This is amazing. A dinosaur intact. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I've never heard of this. So, and it's kind of a mystery how it's still intact, to be honest. CNN has its own theories. They threw it in here, but we're not going to go over that because (laughs) it's not a scientific I'm sure there's a million theories out there. Um, Oh, there are. Nobody's going to know for sure why, but... But this was in an area where it sounds like it used to be an ocean... Okay. So that's why there was talk about the marine life and mm-hmm. stuff that they were pulling up theirs because mm-hmm. it was used to that kind of stuff. So odds are the dinosaur ended up somewhere it shouldn't have been. Yeah. So stuck and perfectly preserved. That's insane. So huh. could you imagine? I could not. I I can't imagine coming across something like that. That would be amazing. And it was. Oh, it was six years. So seven thousand hours over the course of. Six years to dig it up. Wow. So I couldn't even imagine. And then trying to imagine moving that thing in a hole. It is in a museum that you can tour really? and look at it. So mm-hmm. where are we? Where is this museum? Where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing we're going to Canada. I'm guessing it's they in that it. Royal Terrell Museum. Oh, that's right. That's right. You did say so. That. Yep. 
That's insane. Isn't it? That is cool. Really cool. I am excited to look that up after the show. You should have went to college for like paleontology. Nah, I'm not that interested in it. I just think it's cool. You don't want to be like Ross Geller on Friends? I'd rather just be like the actor who played Ross Geller on Friends. <laughs> I, I almost brought a friend story this week, speaking of. That would have been cool. I would have been like, there was a There was a contest some website was running that if I would have been the best Phoebe ever. If you can prove that over the course of like next weekend, you watch 25 hours worth of friends, you have a chance to win $1,000 or something like that. But I would have that won that. I didn't bring it because we have plans next weekend and I didn't want you to force us to stay home. <laughs> you don't think I could have made Secret do that with me? I don't. Totally could have. Anyway. Secret, if you're listening, we're watching Friends next weekend. It has to be 25 hours. (laughs) And we're each other's witnesses. Mm, Funny. Anyway, from your mysterious, there we go, dinosaur find, which is really cool, to another mystery. I am really hooked on Unsolved Mysteries lately. I can't (laughs) get away from the subreddit. I am there constantly. So my first story is an Unsolved Mystery. Um, I feel like either I have ruined you or this podcast (laughs) has ruined you because I'm into the unknown. Yes. Except of one unknown that freaks me out. We won't even go there here. No. Anyway, uh, before I get into the story, this is a very popular story. I will not give it justice. Just like last week, there's not enough time and there's too many details to give it complete justice. Just kind of a nice overview of the story. If you'd like to find more information, come to our website, click on the links. There's a, there'll be a ton of information there for you to find out. Anyway, my story, fairly popular, from 2000, started in 2014 um, at the address of 657 Boulevard in West mm, Chester, <laughs> West Chester, <laughs> in West, uh, New, dun, Jer- dun, dun. New Jersey. <laughs> Don't look at me all like that. This house is known as the Watcher House. The Watcher House? The Watcher House. Is it a house where they were getting notes in their mailbox all the time from yes. somebody they didn't know? Yes, it is. I've read this story. I'm sure you have. Not a ton of notes. Only three. Only three notes. Was it about how they needed to get out? No. Oh, maybe then it not wasn't this one because I thought it was more than three. Not at all. What I'm talking about anyways. Um, the house at 657 Boulevard um, is was purchased by um, Derek Bodas. Uh, and his wife and three <laughs> and his wife and three children. Three days after closing on a home on the six bedroom, one point five million dollar home. Are you sure it's not Bodass? Uh, no, I'm not sure <laughs> at all. You know, Dumas, Dumas. Uh, they hadn't Dumas. they hadn't moved in. They were doing some renovations on the inside of the house. Uh, when Derek went to the mailbox, kind of check and see what see if there's anything in there. Uh, there was a few bills, things like that, plus a you know kind of postcard size envelope. And he opens the envelope. And inside the envelope was a letter. Was um, it saying, get out of my house? It was not saying, get out of my house. Okay, I just had to make sure it wasn't the story <laughs> I'm thinking of. It was saying, dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now. And as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, my father watched it in the 60s, and now it's my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I oh my will God, find I out. swear that's my story. 
not the story I have today, but I swear that's one of my stories that I have on hand. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know what story you has, have on hand are. Um, well, hurry up and get to the punchline <laughs> so I can find out. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, the letter went on. It was very long and detailed, this first letter. Uh, and through the through reading of the letter, you can tell that the whoever this person is, whoever wrote the letter is watching them. He, he mentions their vehicle, their kids. You know, it's not like it's just some random letter being sent. It's a creeper. Pro, you know, that, that would be not my guess. Not a Minecraft guess. creeper, just to clear <laughs> that up. That would be my guess. Anyway, a couple of weeks go by. Uh, first of all, uh, Derek went to the police. There's really nothing they could do. They did open an investigation. They told him not to tell anybody because all of his neighbors were now going to be suspects, basically. Um, a couple of weeks go by and his wife goes to the mailbox. They're still not moved in, still doing re renovations. The second letter was a little more creepy, uh, a little more personal, mentioned their children's names, uh, mentioned uh, that the, their youngest daughter, he thought their youngest daughter was going to be the artist of the family because he saw her painting, which is something she did inside the house while they were there which is really kind of creepy. It'd be like we're painting the walls and the ceiling because I think there's cameras and we have to make sure we paint them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, a third letter comes a couple of weeks after that. Now, during this time, the, the owners of this new house reached out to the previous owners to find out, you know, did you ever get any weird letters like this? I swear this is the story. Maybe it is. The previous owners said they did get one letter three days before... They sold the house and it basically, it was a weird letter. It was signed the watcher, but it was, wasn't creepy. It wasn't threatening. It was just kind of thank you for, you know, taking care of the house over all these years. So the, um, new owners of the house, they want out. They want out of the house. I'd want out of the house. Oh, so would I. I'd feel very threatened. I'd have been like, I don't care if the bank won't take the house back. I guess we're going to foreclose before we even move in. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And so they didn't move. They never did move into the house. But it wasn't until this year that the house was sold. Because they couldn't find a buyer. Because this did become pretty big news in the area. And people were scared of the house. So that nobody wanted to buy the house. And there were a lot of theories going around about, is this is there somebody actually out there? Was this maybe the couple who bought the house and regretted buying the house? So they made up a story. Because they did try to sue the previous owners for not telling them about the watcher, since they did get a letter prior to closing on the house. That's really weird. Now, How much do you want to bet the wife didn't like the house? It, it, that is a possibility. It is definitely a theory that people have. Um, there are a million theories. There's a, a creepy neighbor that lives next door. She's in her 90s. Her boys are in their 60s. They all live at home, and they're all kind of creepy. They're kind of they're they're on the list of suspects. Uh, nothing has ever gone wrong. There was those three letters that happened, um, and the new owners who have just purchased the house said they did not receive any letters, but they were able to purchase the house for about seven hundred thousand dollars. It's a $1.5 million home in 2014. Ooh. So it's a nice, they got a nice deal on the house anyway. Wanted to get rid of it. Yeah. I just, th this story goes in so many directions, uh, the theories people have that I thought it was really interesting to take a look at and see how. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's my story. <laughs> you're pretty sure you have this one somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll have to cross it off to your list. <laughs> <laughs> 
Except I didn't get mine from Unsolved Mysteries. I didn't get mine from Unsolved Mysteries either. I got mine from all over the place. Started with the New York Times, the Washington Post. You said you've been addicted to the Unsolved. Well, that's where I start. That's not where I get the information. That's where I get the, I get the oh, cool, this is oh, something I need gotcha. to look into. I go in to look into it, and it was the New York Times and Washington Post is where I pulled most of the information from. So that is The Watcher. If uh, uh, And... Just so everybody knows, every any unsolved story that I cover, I set up a Google alert for myself. So if I ever do get something, uh, <laughs> if anything, every any new information does come up, uh, up I will uh, let you guys know. Funny, that's funny. Obsessive. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first creepy story of the day. Well, mine's there not, might be another. Mine's not creepy, but one of them's from like abandonedspaces.com. Like I don't think I know that next. website. And then I have the other website for this that I pulled information is, I'm going to end up saying this last name wrong, but it's Manucel Seaforts. Okay. So it's about the Manucel Seaforts in England. Okay. Or Britain. The UK. It's the UK. Okay. Somewhere. Kent. I don't know if you've ever heard of Kent there. I have never heard of Kent. So. Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not talking about <laughs> Superman. I almost said Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's because me and Ian were watching Spider-Man okay, the other so day. Off to Peter Parker, England. Or, or Kent, sorry. Clark Kent. Clark Kent. <laughs> yes. Of the Daily Tribune. Uh, yes. Not of, where does Peter Parker sell his stuff to? I don't remember what off magazine? the top of my head. I don't know It's either. a newspaper, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Superman fan, not Spider-Man like Ian. He's on the wrong team. <laughs> so anyways, so these sea forts, um, they were built. Well, I, I got to rewind here. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the manual cell forts, and if I'm saying this wrong and people know it, I'm so sorry. They are heavily armed uh, metal islands built during World War II to defend the United Kingdom from invasion. Um, there were a total of 10 forts. Six of them were operated as army, and the other four were used by the UK Navy. So even though they say that there were six of them, each fort had a few of these things. Okay. So... Um, just to kind of show you a picture with the links, people can see the pictures of what I'm talking about. If you want to take a look during this, this looks but like it's right out of Star Wars. It does, and they even say how they're futuristic looking. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the naval forts are these ones here that you see here mm-hmm. on the first page of the abandoned spaces. Um, these were the closest to the shores. Because okay. they were used by the army so, or naval forts. Why do they have those pictures there when these are the naval forts? So this is the navy fort here, okay. <laughs> down here on, on like the third or fourth picture down. Mm-hmm. Um, those were furthest out. I was getting confused because navy is sea. Yeah. So navy, sea, further, further out. out. I'll have the I'll post a picture of the map of it on Facebook. Okay. If I get the Instagram page going this week, I'll throw it on Instagram too. Sounds good. We have a Twitter account now. I need to get logged into it. I'm logged into it. <laughs> no biggie. I need to get logged into it. So 
even though I don't use Twitter. <laughs> I do. So if I logged into it, so it would probably confused. be the best. So. Yeah. Because I'm like, a tweet? <laughs> now what? <laughs> I'm old fashioned. Facebook. Oh, there's some people I wish that they didn't use Twitter. Never mind. Let's move on. Anyways. So these forts, they were built in the Thane um, Estuary. I'm going to say that wrong. Probably said that wrong, but it's a bay type place where the majority of the shipped goods for the UK come in there. Okay. So it's a port there. Yeah. Um, it's operated by the Royal Navy, and the role for these were to detect, deter, and report German air raids and military movement around the river. So um, any attempts, the Navy was to take care of it first. Um, and on this, the Navy apparently only <laughs> assisted once on stopping something. So they were, was it a, see, and this is where I sound horrible, a torpedo boat. Hmm. So there was, a, during the World War II, um, there were four forts destroyed and mm-hmm. only one German torpedoed boat. Hmm. So the forts so kind of... Weren't really needed for well, not that they weren't needed. They may they may have deterred people from. They were probably there more to give the early warning so people could take cover and get to their bomb shelters Mm -hmm. sooner because they had bomb shelters Mm -hmm. during World War II because they were heavily under attack there. Um, The army forts now are the ones that are that are like the Star Wars looking things. Um, They were considered um, futuristic. These forts provided or proved to be more successful than the naval naval ones, uh, shooting down 22 planes and around 30 flying bombs or V1s. I'm not familiar with V1s. Um, not really either. So, um, hmm. but there were three of those bases. Unlike the naval forts, they had the four. But Cool. And then a little interesting fact with these is after they were shut down because once the war was over, they no longer used them. Um, so an alternate use that was used for them was on the Rough Sands Fort, which was one of the naval bases. Uh, two men from two different radio stations, Radio Excess and Radio Caroline, landed and started broadcasting a pirate radio signal. One man eventually locked himself in the tower and defended his rights to remain there with guns and petrol bombs even with the british navy showed up to seize him um after the court case he was released because the court didn't have jurisdiction over international waters this man named roy bates came back to the fort and on the 2nd of september 1967 formed his own country (laughs) which actually exists really yes so the principality of sealand it has its own constitution, anthem, and flag. Wow. So That's it's cool. known as the smallest country in the world. Huh. I wonder if when they were building those, if anybody named Sally was building sea forts by the seashore. I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> That's not funny. I thought it was funny. That's because you think you're funny. I do think I'm funny. But one of these bases... <coughs> yeah. One of these sea bases, they were looking... At, um, or I shouldn't say sea bases, 
one of the army bases forts they are trying to renovate them okay so to turn it into a museum so people can tour those nice little so touristy this place. was kind of my like when i first came across this i was like "Ooh, that would be so fun to see and now you can't see it but mm. they are working on so they need to get that renovated before we go see the troll museum over there so that's ready yeah, because I'm never flying that far across seas. I mean, if I'm not gonna, going twice, <laughs> if I go twice, we're going to like fly over there and then we're going to fly and probably take boat into Europe. And then I'm going to get gutsy enough and like we're going to travel all of Europe because you can do that sooner than you could the States. Yeah. And then we're going to fly, I don't know, India <laughs> and then maybe um, that island off of Africa. Madagascar. <laughs> Madagascar. I was going to say, wasn't there a movie about it? And then we're going to go to Australia and New Zealand. The one place I have to go. Oh, we can't forget about Taiwan and the Philippines. This is going to be one heck of a vacation. And maybe Japan. When hmm. are you going to win the lottery, by the way? I don't know. You need a better job. I need to start buying tickets, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> going to be a long time before any of that happens. Because Lord knows... I don't want to really be flying all that much. Mexico is bad enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. My second story is a little weird, and it's very recent. I like weird. It's Weird's very, my favorite. Very recent. Very this recent. kind of creepy weird, but... Creepy weird? Um, you already did creepy weird. You can't do two... <sighs> Creepy weirds in a row. I can do two. You're on the unsolved mysteries. I didn't get this one from unsolved mysteries. This just came from me looking at the news. Mm -hmm. That's all this came from. This was earlier this month. Mm -hmm. So August 2019. Residents of more than 50 households of Henrico County in Virginia woke up to television sets on their porch. Old, big, bulky TVs. Sitting on their front porch. Somebody thought they were funny. Somebody did think they were funny. Um, each home had exactly one carefully placed so it would face towards the door. Uh, some deliveries were caught on people's ring doorbell cameras. So when they opened we'll the door. We'll post this picture. This is the guy that delivered the TVs. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see. He has a TV set on his head. <laughs> he probably was prepared for digital I'm sure. advances. Um, one of the cameras he even waved at. <laughs> he knew he was being filmed on, in some oh, of these situations. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, so when they opened their door in the morning, did the Twilight Zone pop on? Like Nothing came on the TV. the Twilight Zone. Um, of course, police were immediately called in the area. And this is a small town area. Police were immediately called and called and called and called because everybody was calling the police. And they basically said, well, there's not really anything we can do. <laughs> they didn't steal anything. And even if we were to be able to identify the TV Santa Claus, um, the closest offense to the, the closest offense we could charge him was leaving an unwanted item on public or private property. <laughs> so, so is that a fine for like dumpster fees? I'm sure it costs money to those. throw those. Oh old no, TVs I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure it's some tiny little ticket, tiny little fine to get rid of the thing. Um, <laughs> this is not the household. first time the area <laughs> has had this happen. Oh God, what was last left of an electronic they didn't want to dispose of? Last year, early August, twenty homes had TV sets left on their front porch. 
How much does it cost to bring a TV to the dump? We just did this the other day. It was we brought like seven dollars for our, for the TV or something per TV. per TV per TV. Yeah. So if he left umpteen TVs on each person's, this person buys or or he takes in old TVs and he's some sort of a TV repairman. He's some, taking the parts like he wants. That. And in order to avoid the dump costs, He's see, I've solved this steps. already. Yes, yes. The, most of the residents thought it was funny and comical, and some of them even um, wanted to set up a local holiday called TV Day, where you know this could happen on a yearly basis. Oh my God! <laughs> so, that is the the. the, the so it's where you wake up in the morning and somebody leaves TV on your porch. I just thought it was a little creepy when you see the picture. When you, like, if you're looking at your like camera. I'd be going, you have got to be kidding me. What the hell is that? The guy leaving a TV on your front steps. I wish I would have been awake seeing that, like a little alert, like monitor alert, saw that, and I would open my door like, take your mask off or you're going to get blown (laughs) to shreds. (laughs) Anyway, that's my, my, my second weird story of the day. Your second weird story. I do like that one. That one, I, it's, I it's funny. It's it's comical. as soon as people see the picture of the dude dressed up. Yeah, that's what makes it. I mean, just the TV is a little weird, but you see the dude, and it's like, okay, this is obviously something. It's funny. like Champion Auto, except it's like Best Buy. Yeah. <laughs> Minus nineteen eighty. Yeah, I was gonna say Best Buy from twenty years ago, maybe nineteen nineties, <laughs> whatever. So imagine how heavy. I mean, those TVs are heavy, like. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's hollowed out, but... It's just a cardboard box. I suppose. With a picture on it or something. I suppose. All right. We'll post a picture on on the Facebook. On the and Facebook? The Twitter. You don't have a link for that? I have many links. The picture of the... I have links for the, pictures, yes. The TV dude? Yeah, I've got links. <laughs> Maybe he's super TV. Maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, back on to realistic things. Okay, that's bad. <laughs> So my last story actually is probably my favorite for the night. It's the Tasmanian gorgeous glowing waters is a sign of something sinister. Dun, dun, dun. So it's called the Aurora Borealis of the sea. Okay. So you can see in the picture. Pretty. So it glows like this blue, pretty glow to it. Mm -hmm. So... Um, and this has been happening in Transmania and a few other places around the world. I was going to pull up where, but uh, I didn't. That's okay. You might've had trouble pronouncing them anyway. Just kidding. (laughs) I'm not feeling good. Get off my back. You're not joking. I know. I slur through half of this most of the time. <laughs> so it's a dense neon bloom of and now I'm going to slur through the scientific name Noctiluca Sinitalians or known as Sea Sparkle. I like, I like sea, sea Sparkle better. Sea so sparkle. we're just it's going a lot to like to say. we're just gonna go with that. So it's a type of algae nicknamed the vacuum of the sea because of it's feeding tendencies. Okay. So it tends to eat everything and where no other marine life 
can exist there because of it. Okay. So. Um, just kind of sucks everything up. Yep. And it's showing up all over the world, but their presence uh, off tan or Tasmanian waters is not a good thing. It's a sign that the waters there are becoming warmer. Oh. So that means it's more polluted with nitrogen, phosphorus, and how can I say that word? But some of these other words, I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know either. So other chemical and mineral nutrients from agricultural and industrial wastewater. So, so we might see a lot more of this in the future. We're huh? probably going to start seeing more of this. This started in 1994, though. Okay. So, um, and it does pose the real risk on local marine life, as mm-hmm. I had mentioned. So, yeah. Hmm. But it is really pretty. It, it does look beautiful. Some of the pretty stuff isn't so mm-hmm. good. And they don't I wonder know... if the reason it developed there in particular has a lot to do with that is where the whole hole in the ozone is. No, because <laughs> there was another place. There was one place throughout the story that they mentioned. Okay. And, or the two stories I have, but I only read one of them. Um, it's like plankton is more or less what it is. Okay. It's al- algae, but mm-hmm. it's like a plankton. Um, but... I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. But it's all over the world. I'm trying to find it in here real fast. I'm skimming through and I'm just not seeing the other place. I want to say it was Germany, but I feel like I'm far off. Interesting. Far off, but... Oh, Maldives. It's in the Maldives. Way off. Yeah. So (laughs) just a little bit. It's closer to Tasmania. I can't even say that. <laughs> Tasmanian okay. devil, home of <laughs> So anyways, but yeah, um, I was going to say one other thing on this, and now I can't even remember. We'll just name this episode, I'm a little off. <laughs> I am a little That's off. That's okay. Nothing wrong I'm with I'm always that. a little off, but today I just, it's the allergies. I'm sure it is. I, I'm sure it I'm is. Sure it is. My last story, you are going I wasn't to done. enjoy. Okay. Just kidding. All right. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like there was something else, but go on. Okay. My last story. I won't be surprised if someday in the near future I am in a store looking for this on a shelf. So. What? Ben Gay? No. Icy hot. We all know vodka is oh. Russia's oh. national drink. Hi, Izzy. He's got something to say. Hi, Izzy. <laughs> she didn't say much. She's the dog saying I have to go to the bathroom. The dog has to podcast with us. We'll go Izzy, to the bathroom the after daddy's story. done with this story, okay? Don't shake your head no at me. <laughs> you notice how she does that now? Yes, yes. yes. <sighs> She's anyway, learned no. This is scary. Vodka is Russia's national drink. We all know. Um, wine would be France. I'm part Russian. And bourbon would be from the southern United States. I'm also from France. I'm not from the southern United States. So that explains a lot. Well, I don't like bourbon. <laughs> many nations have a type of alcohol that becomes a part of the country's identity. Um, France has the Bordeaux, Bordeaux region of France. France, famous for where famous wines are made. Ireland has the Guinness, uh, Guinness the family-run brewery. I'm not Irish. And of course, in Russia, 
It's vodka. I love vodka. I am Russian. Vodka is an alcohol. Originally fermented from potatoes, but mostly today it's done from cereal grains. I love potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No matter how fond of vodka some consumers like you may be, they are likely to pause in the aisle at the local liquor liquor or (laughs) I'm not the only one having the off moments here. When they see the name of the new vodka coming out called atomic vodka oh i don't know if i want that could you imagine what it does to your guts the name atomic is a tongue-in-cheek reference to the where the grains are grown to make this vodka the grains are grown in chernobyl okay um officials in chernobyl have been mulling ideas for years on how to renovate the area since the you know april of 1986 when the nuclear disaster went out and uh destroyed a lot of the land for approximately they're guessing for about 24,000 years until the radiation clears from that area (laughs) but they found an area uh, they found a well in an area deep enough in the area where they got um, some scientists went in from uh, from England and Russia and they worked together to make vodka out of plants grown with water and soil from Chernobyl so do you think we're going to hit that FBI listen. Maybe it's not the FBI where they start listening into everything you say because you mentioned certain words like we could use the listeners. Russians, spies, <laughs> nuclear. I don't think so. This is a conspiracy. The Russians, don't drink it. The Russians <laughs> are trying to turn you all into mutants. Hmm. My conspiracy. But maybe the theory. team with the mutants on it wins. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Sure. Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtles. I'm not going to finish that because I always say it wrong and you always correct me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, I'm really excited to see this come to market and I do want to try it. I want to try vodka that came from Chernobyl. I think that I'm, I've always been interested in Chernobyl. I don't know. I don't want to turn I, into a mutant. You're not going <gasps> to turn into a You think I'll get mutant. superpowers? I don't you want might. reading minds because you know what? I that read your suck. mind throughout that whole last story. <laughs> 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 I, I, like I, I really do want to try this. And when it comes out, I'm going to. And I'm going to make you try it. And if we turn oh, into I'll mutants. Oh, I'll never pass down vodka. If we turn into mutants, we turn into mutants. Oh, well. I mean, the order is, granted, I'm not Mexican, but... My favorite is tequila. Mm -hmm. Then it's vodka. Mm -hmm. Then it's wine. Mm -hmm. Then it's rum. Mm -hmm. And then she drinks water sometimes. (laughs) I drink water. It was a joke. Except for the two cups of coffee I have in the morning, which is dark rose, has the least amount of caffeine in it because I'm trying to watch that intake. But I haven't drank vodka in a very long time because I'm trying to watch my alcohol intake. Mm. Not good for me. It's tough to see. It's clear. So watching it is tough. So you got to drink something that can see what nothing my water i'm being funny no the vodka water and vodka would have fell in the same category i know but water wasn't funny i've been told i drink like a fish hmm. it's not a good thing do fish really drink yeah they breathe in water and they is that really drinking though that just means i can push it in and True. gone i agree I agree. If anybody's ever watched me drink my whipped flavored vodka with cranberry juice, they know that baby's gone within three minutes. This is true. 
this is sadly not breaking just saying (laughs) it's that good (laughs) anyway so you have time to finish your glass of wine and don't have to do it on i'm almost done on air uh i just want to tell you that uh you can send the show an email at outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com or you can go to facebook at outlandish outcasts podcast and what's the twitter (laughs) outlandish casts Outlandish cast? Outlandish no, that's not it. Something. See, do, 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 do. If you don't sing, I can cut it out. Do, 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 Oh, I found the answer, Alex. It's outlandish cast. Okay. It was supposed to be in form of a question, though. Okay. Outlandish cast. What is outlandish cast? All right. It's the Twitter account for Outlander Showcast <laughs> Podcasts. Awesome. Thanks. Did I win a ton of money? Uh, no. You know what you win? <sighs> you win the end of another episode. I suppose that's not too bad. All right. Have a great week, everybody. It's still like the money. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>